Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. And I want to share something that God placed it in my heart just like a week ago. And I want to entitle this God Encounters. God Encounters. You know, if I ask around the room here today, how many of you have heard of God? Probably all of us, right? Everyone that's here. But hearing of God and living for God is completely different. You know, and it's something that God has been just really, really pressing into my heart. Wanderson, it's not about just hearing God. You know, it's about having an encounter with God on a daily basis. You know, uh, I was researching the word encounter and the best uh, definition that I came to this word, which it goes, I think it's very relevant to what we're discussing today is encounter and the dictionary always uh, also shows this definition to meet with face to face. There's several definitions of the word encounter, but this one is really the one that caught my attention. To meet with face to face. Now, how can we meet with God face to face? Not even Moses, (laughs) you know, he had to turn his face away because you will be fried if not, right? God's presence, so strong, you know, but how do we meet God? We can actually live with God on a daily basis, We can feel God very close to us on a daily basis by the things that we see him doing. Little things that sometimes we don't even, uh, we don't even realize that he's doing behind the scenes. Little things that, that like, it goes goes unnoticed, you know, and God is acting on our behalf. We don't see God, but we can live with him on a daily basis. I like this that it says in the book of James chapter 4, verse 8. James chapter 4, verse 8. It says this, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. A lot of times us Christians, man, we're just waiting for him to come. There was a guy that I used to hear, and he's a, he's a great leader, amazing leader actually. But there was one statement that he would always say that would get me so upset. I was like, man, dude, that's not how it goes. Oh, I just sit back, relax, and see God do his thing. No. (laughs) I just sit back, relax, and let God do his thing. No, you do your part. Come near to God, and he would come near to you. That's what it says, James 4, 8. He will come near to you. When you do your part, you go and have an encounter with him, He will come and have an encounter with you. You know, I was born in church. I'm a pastor's kid. From the time that I understand to being a person, (laughs) you know, I was always in church. But for the longest time, I was living a double life. I would go to church. I remember as a teenager, you know, I got my license when I was 15, you know, the learning license. When I was 16, my, my father gave me a brand new Ford Escort, if anyone remember those, you know. Hey, it wasn't the nicest car, but it was brand new, so, you know. So I would come to church, and then I would have another set of clothing in the car, and then go to the clubs later. I used to live in Miami. Man, I would go party after church. Living a double life, you know, and hanging out with the wrong people, 
doing a lot of times the wrong things. As a pastor's kid, going to church, you know, a lot of times, I, I like to say this, you can be doing a lot for Jesus and be completely away from Jesus. And that's why I, entitled, I, I the title of this is God Encounters, because it's more than just one encounter, you know? And you will be serving Jesus here in the pulpit, preaching a message. You will be leading worship. You will be leading the, the youth. But you can be completely away from Jesus, not having a relationship with him. And that's what I was doing. I was, I was living a double life. You know, I remember hanging out with the wrong people that got me into trouble one day. Here I am. We went to the beach. On our way back, it was this apartment complex. And there was a lot of Brazilians who lived there. And there were nice uh, swimming pools in there. So one of my friends, as we were coming back from the beach, heading to our house, he says, why don't we just go there? I don't know if anybody's going to be there. Let's just go hang out there. So we went there. We kind of trespassed. You know, we went in there. Me and somebody else, we stay at the, uh, at the pool. The two other guys decided to go into the garage where the administration's office is. And he starts messing with a golf cart. We were 16. We were like 15, 16, 17. And then this lady sees him going into the garage and she, she yells and says, I'm calling the cops right now. So they, they ran. They came by us, say, hey, let's get in the car. Let's run out of here. Man, we drove a half mile. Suddenly a cop came after my car. I guess the lady wrote down our license plate. It was like I was in the movies, you know, in Deerfield Beach. I don't know if anyone heard of Deerfield Beach. That's near Fort Lauderdale area in Florida. And I remember, man, it was about 6.30, I guess, 7 p.m. They waited for, for, for sundown. And what they did is they brought the lady inside the car. Honestly, guys, I felt like I was in the movie. There was maybe about 10 police cars. They all parked next to each other. They all opened their doors. They pulled their guns, and they're pointing at my car. And they're saying, now, driver, come out. Walk backwards with your hands on your head. And I'm walking backwards. I'm, like, freaking out, like, just scared to death. I'm like, Jesus, please forgive me. And what they did is they, the minute we, we all lined up, all four of us, they say, don't, don't, don't turn around until we tell you guys to. What they were doing is they were waiting for sundown. The minute they told us turn around, they put the spotlight in our face so we couldn't see who was in the car. And they had the lady in there to recognize who were the two guys that went into to the garage. I ended up in juvenile hall. Juvenile. Uh, it was so embarrassing to have my father come pick me up. Sunday, I was at church. But Monday, I was in trouble. Living a double life. And I remember now at 17, my father tells me one day, I got me a job. We were living in Pompano Beach, which is 45 minutes from Miami. My father tells me, listen, son, um, it was a summer job, so it was hard for me to go back and forth, commute between the two cities, 45 minutes to an hour. So I got a friend of mine that lives in Miami. She still does, actually. So I asked her if it was okay for me to live with her during the summer. They were very close to our parents, to my parents. And one day I'm staying there, and the lady's not home, and my dad calls me and says, Wanderson, don't go anywhere. I feel like you're not supposed to. I had a dream with you. I don't remember exactly the specifics, but he said, uh, you're supposed to stay in the house. It was about 7 p.m. on a Friday night. I said, Daddy, don't worry. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to go to bed. You know, the minute I hung up, I took a shower, and I went out to party. 
you know. And here I am now coming home at 4 o'clock in the morning. Not sure what happened. I ran the red light in this car. I was just inches from getting killed. It totaled my car. You know, now how embarrassing it is for me to call my dad 4 o'clock in the morning when I told him, you know, I was going to be in bad. Exactly. You know, but at that time, I understood that I was doing a lot for Jesus because I was raised in church. I was sharing. I was preaching. I was helping with the youth. I was helping with worship, but I was living a double life. I had not had an encounter. I have not had it. Is that how you say it? an encounter, a true encounter with God? And at that time, I understood that God was after me. God was after my heart and he protected me because he wasn't down with me. And at that day, I said, Lord, from now on, I want to live for you. I started to understand that it wasn't about hearing about God. A lot of people hear about God, but they don't live for God. You know, it's important for us to understand that we must have encounters with God on a daily basis. You know, my desire today as a pastor is to really help you guys to have God encounters. You know, we cannot be the adults or we cannot be the people that only run to God when it's needed. You know, I see a lot of that. You know, when life is going good, they're not even thinking about God. But then things are starting to happen and we run to God. This is not who God called us to be. We're sons and daughters, and he wants to have an encounter with us, a very intimate encounter. I say that, you know. It doesn't matter what happens around you. When you have a true encounter with God, when you're in a daily encounter with God, it doesn't matter what's happening around you. Now, everything that's going on in this world, think about it. We were just talking, me and my wife yesterday, how, you know, we, w- we would go and buy groceries and we would spend about $200 on a weekly basis. Now we're spending almost $350. It's just crazy that a box of eggs used to be 99 cents. Now it's like $3. Are you kidding me? But listen, when you have God encounters, it doesn't matter what inflation you're having to face. It doesn't matter what the situation is. You know who's fighting for you. At the end of the day, listen, the crisis will not stop us because we are in Christ, right? But we have to have this daily encounter with God. You know, I like to say this. I think I mentioned before my other message here. A lot of people in, the, in America call themselves Christians. 80%, that's what the, the research shows. But only 4% are the ones that are really serving the God, God, God the way it's supposed to, you know? I, tried, look, I started looking at the scripture to see some of the people who, had, who have had God encounters. And I want to just talk about some of these guys. One was Moses, you know. Y'all understand that the Hebrew was, they became slaves to the Egyptians. So for approximately five years, the, the, uh, the Hebrews are crying out to God, send us a deliverer, you know. And God says, okay, I'm going to do something. So Pharaoh hears about this, that God is about to send somebody to deliver them. What he does, he says, kill every child under the age of two, right? But then we all know the story. So there's... Moses' mom, who gives birth to Moses, then there's a midwife that says, you know what, I'm going to protect this kid. She puts him in the basket, sends it down the river, and then what? Pharaoh's daughter finds him and raises him. Right? You guys remember this? Remember the story? Now he's being raised in, in a palace. He's being raised. He's getting the best food. He's getting the best education. He grows up. One day he's out there in the field. He sees an Egyptian doing what? Doing something wrong against a Hebrew. And then he kills that Egyptian. And then he's like, I have to flee 
because I'm afraid for my life now. So he's out in the desert right now with sheep, you know, and suddenly he sees what? A burning bush. And then at that time, he has a God encounter. And the Bible says this, Hebrew, Exodus chapter 3, verse 4 to 6, it says this, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing. It's holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this time, Moses hit his face. He couldn't look at God's face because he was afraid to look at God. Listen. God is telling him, I want you to go and, and, and bring freedom to my people. Now look at Moses. Moses is like this. I, I, I can, 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 can talk. I'm a stutterer. I don't know if I can do this. And God is saying, listen, the I am is sending you. When you have an encounter with God, it doesn't matter what your limitations are. If God is telling you to do something, God encounters will force you to do things that you don't think you can do. And it will take you further. No, you're going and you're going to bring freedom to my people. Come on. Isn't that cool how God does? That's our God. You know, he has an encounter with God and he's able to deliver the people from Egypt. You know, maybe God is just waiting for you to have a true encounter. Or, or, or and I'm not saying this. Listen, you know what happened with us Christians? We live in the past a lot of times. Oh, I had an encounter 2001. I had an encounter 1975. Listen. Amen for that. I'm not doubting that you had an encounter. But let's have an encounter on a daily basis. We cannot live without God. We must have God in our side on a daily basis. He's always there. We walk away from him. But he always there. He doesn't change. You know, then I look at Mary. How many of you remember Mary? Mary, scholars believe that she was only 14, 15 years of age. Now she's engaged, ready to get married. You know, God sends an angel to speak to her and says this. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 to 33 says, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most hide. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, how is this going to happen? Mary's looking at the angel saying, look at me, young girl. I've never been with a man. Hey, God encounter, you know. Imagine now God she gets impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Now, she's given birth to God, pretty much. Jesus, the Father, the Son, the let's, let's, I don't have to explain the Trinity, but Jesus is God in flesh, right? So he's given, she's given birth to God, pretty much. Imagine now her bathing God, or Jesus. Jesus split in the water while she's, he's getting bathing, right? <laughs> I can like, oh, <laughs> I mean, imagine her spanking Jesus. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> but guess what? She gave birth to Jesus. And then he grows up. Now he's ready to go do ministry. And they're saying, come on, this is not, this is not Yeshua. This is not the Messiah. They're saying. And then she, like, 
she comes out, she says, listen, man, he is the Messiah. When I was younger, I gave birth to a child, and then his name is Jesus, and he is the Messiah. He's the one sent by God. How can she make such a great statement and bold statement at this time? It's because she had a true encounter with God. She had a true encounter with God. A lot of times, you know, we even tell kids, and I, I love saying this to, to my kids, you know, age will not limit you from doing what God wants to do through your life. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. You know, it doesn't matter. If you're alive, you are to have true encounters with God, and you are to do the things that you're supposed to do what God is calling you to do. Now, I think of Paul. How many remember of Paul, New Testament? Great leader of the New Testament church. His original name was Saul. Later on, he's taken this Roman name just so he could be more relevant to the, to the Romans. He takes the name of Paul, but his original name was Saul. So Jesus had died, resurrected. Now the church has emerged. And there's this group of people that they were called. They were not called the Christians at the time. They were called the way, you know. They were, uh, they were directly threatening Judaism, because Jesus died, resurrected, and they're going out and they're, they're trying to disciple people. So they're, they're being a threat to Jude, Judaism. Is that how you say it? English, man. Judaism. <laughs> right? So Saul, he's a young dude coming, out, coming up in Judaism, hoping for a higher position. So what he does is starts persecuting the way. The Christians, remember, they were not called the Christians. They were called the way, but they were preaching about Christ. You know, so he starts persecuting them. Suddenly, this is what happens. Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 9. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what to do. Then the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but he was, when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So here Paul has a revelation of who God is. Paul has a, re- a revelation, a, a true encounter with God at this time. So Saul becomes a different man. He's no longer Saul, the one that's persecuted, but now he's Paul. He changed his name. Why? Because he had a God encounter. And one encounter makes this our hero of faith. <laughs> How much of the New Testament has Paul written? <laughs> right? How cool it is that one true encounter. We must understand that we must have encounters with God on every day. Some of us are so comfortable sitting in our chairs and our couches. And, and I, look, I look down here in the United States, man. People are not coming back to church. They're just, oh, I'm going to stay in my couch, watch it online. Listen, get your butt out of the couch. Come on, come to church. You know, be a be a part of the uh, of the fellowship, the body of Christ. You know, I was talking to some friends in Brazil. A lot of them, they they man, they don't have cars. They're they're having to take two, three buses to go to church. They get up at four o'clock in the morning. They go to work. You know, they 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 some of them go to college and, and then they go to church and they come home at midnight. And the next day, four o'clock in the morning, in but they don't. 
forsake God. And we, God doesn't forsake us, but we forsake him a lot of times. You know, and we only think of him when we need it. Some of you, like I said, may have had an encounter many, many years ago, but it's time for us to have new encounters. Let me tell you what happened. Let me give you three things here before we finish. Three things that shows that you have had an encounter with God. The first thing is this. It shifts your value system. When you, when you have a true encounter with God, it really shifts your value system. Let me explain to you. Remember my testimony earlier, right? I was living a double life. You know, I was trying to be the cool guy. You know, I actually, my thing was this. My thing was this. I would go sing at churches, you know, lead worship, you know. And afterwards, I was looking for the nicest girl at the church, you know. Because I said, I don't want girls from the club. I want girls from the church, you know. I dated so much. That's how I find my beautiful wife, actually, you know. But let me say this. I was living a double life. But once I became really a true worshiper of God. I had a true encounter with God. It shifted my values. I didn't want to be the coolest guy anymore. Because it doesn't matter. What matters is what God thinks of me. What matters is what God wants for my life. You know, all I care was to, before all I care was to be with a bunch of girls. You know, all I care was to be the coolest guy. Now the minute that I'm protected on that car accident, I realize, listen, my life is not my own. My life belongs to God. When you have a true encounter with God, you reevaluate what's more important for you. And you put that aside and says, I want to do what's important for God. So it shifts, it shifts your value system. That's the way it's supposed to be. Number two, it shifts your appetite. Completely shifts your appetite. The Bible says that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of pleasure other than lovers of God. You know, alcohol, drugs, pornography, addiction. It shifts your appetite. You no longer want to do the things you used to do during your time of being a uh, fleshly man. You know, now you want to do the things that God is calling you to do. You know, you ended up having different tastes for the things you like. It's so important. When we have true encounters with God, that's the way it goes. You actually start liking what God likes for you. It's not about yourself. It's about what God is doing around the world. Pastor Larry always says, what is it that God is doing right now so I can be a part of it? You're no longer thinking about yourself when you have a true encounter with God. You're thinking about what is it that God is doing that I can be a part of it. You know, why am I so passionate about God? Because I have had an encounter with God and I keep going after his heart you know I had situations like Talita I shared many times her testimony how she she almost died in front of us in a drowning accident you know guess what that was a true encounter again for me you know because when you do a lot for Jesus listen I was a wedding ministry and then life it's it's not easy life it's hard and by having the title of a pastor doesn't mean anything I'm a man I'm just a sinner like everybody else you know a lot a lot of times people think, oh man, he has, he has a title, he's a pastor, he's closer to God. Let me tell you, if we're not careful, we are actually the worst. You know, because we can put a mask, pretend that we're something that we're not. You know, and for the longest time I was in church too, after having an encounter back at 17, and then now 15, 20, 20 years later, my daughter, it's completely dead in front of me. And that again made me reevaluate life. Okay, am I really supposed to do what I'm supposed to do? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to do? You know, it made me stop and think about what God is always doing for me and the things that I'm not doing for God. You know, that kind of 
changed again my appetite. And lastly, it removes limitations. It removes the limitations. Many people keep falling in the same sin cycle. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm wrong. And then a month later, you're in the same cycle. You're in the same cycle. So when you have a true encounter with God, you know, an encounter with God gives you strength to say no to sin. Yeah, only God sometimes, because addiction, it's hard. You know, there's certain things that it's so hard to say no to. But when you have true encounters with God, it gives you the strength to say no. You know, God never intended you for you to be powerless. God has never intended you to be powerless. Listen, Jesus on Acts 1, he tells his disciples, go and wait for the gift my father has promised. What God did through history, predominantly through the Jews, God followers, he gave them a law of right and wrong, righteousness and sinfulness, right? And he says, I want you to live a life of righteousness. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to give us strength to live that life of righteousness. We cannot do it on our own. You know, they keep falling. So you think about Old Testament, you, you, you think about it. They kept falling in sin. And they, will ha- they would have to go and shed the blood of an animal, sacrifice, you know, to ask for forgiveness. Then Jesus says, what? God says, what? No, I'm going to send my son. You no longer have to, you no longer have to uh, um, kill animals, sacrifice. You know, you don't have to go to a priest right now. You know, through Jesus. Now, he reconciles us. <laughs> through my son Christ, it says, uh, where is it at? I forgot where it's written. But we've been reconciled. To God through Christ. So we no longer have to sacrifice. We no longer have to go to the priest. We have. Ooh, we can go directly to the Father. How cool is that? You know, it, it, it removes the limitations. You know? It removes the limitations. God sends us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit regenerates you and empowers you to do what's impossible. You are able to pray for people who are sick. And now... You understand that God can heal them. I've seen healing. How many of you have seen healings before? I, I've seen a, a, a foot grow right in front of me in Japan. You know? Uh, 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 not a foot, but a arm. A shorter uh, arm. I mean, a leg. You know? We all pray for this kid. He had a shorter leg. And we saw in front of us, his leg just grew and aligned to the other. God is a God of miracles, you know? An encounter with God gives you strength to say no to sin. Not, you're not afraid of Satan's weapons when you have a true encounter. When you're on a daily encounter with God, God encounters, you're not afraid of Satan's weapons because you know who's fighting your battle. I'm not, listen, I, I like to say this, I'm not your power source. Neither Pastor Larry or we're here. Or we're here as authority. God has placed us as authority, but we're not your power source. You know, it's so important. People get addicted a lot of times to ministers. <laughs> Listen to this. People get addicted to ministers because of not having true encounters with God. You know, I'm just Pastor Larry, myself, other pastors here. We're just quarterback. Boom, we send you. We throw the ball. You're the best wide receiver in the world. <laughs> you guys are the ones. You're the best running back. You're the best blocking back. You know, our role as pastors are just to pass the ball and let you run with it. 
That's how it's supposed to be. That's why we don't need a priest to come between you and God no more. But you must have a true encounter with God. You must have a daily encounter with God. You are able to take the authority that has been given to you through Jesus. And guess what? Rebuke the devil. Demons. Cast out demons. I'm going to say this lastly. People who had great encounters with the Lord. First they recognized that they needed to shift a few things around. Unless you recognize that you need to shift a few things around, you won't have an encounter with God. Second, they also positioned, positioned themselves to have an encounter with God. Okay? And they also started to prepare themselves to receive what God wanted for their lives. They prepared themselves. How do we prepare ourselves? By spending time with God. By spending time in His Word. Hosea 4.6 People are perishing because of not spending time in his word. You know, oh, fasting is not for nowadays anymore. Yes, it is. You know, fasting, praying, you know, sometimes just being silent and listen to the voice of the spirit. Get into your room and just turn on some, some worship songs and just, just listen. Don't say anything. A lot of times we talk. Than, than necessary. And God knows our hearts. He knows in deep inside our hearts. He just wants you to listen. What is it that the Holy Spirit, that's how you have encounters with God. You know, I have had situations that I, I was going through a situation in my life and all I did was turn on my radio inside my car and put some worship and I didn't want to say a word other than just listening to what God wanted to say. And I came out of that situation crying in tears how I felt God so near me. Listen, yes, when I say face to face, that's intimacy with the Father. You, we can be intimate with the Father by spending time with the Father. I don't have to tell you, go and buy the house or, you know, there was back in the days, there was this, this, this thing about uh, small groups that people wouldn't do things unless they were checking with their pastors. Oh, should I buy this house? Should I buy this business? Listen, go directly to him. <laughs> Let him be the one giving you discernment on what to do. We have the Holy Spirit nowadays, you know, but the only way for us to do that is by having true encounter with God, you know, on a daily basis. So today I just wanted to bring this word to you and just remind you, listen, it's not about just one encounter that you had in the past. It's about having daily encounters, God encounters. Listen, as you go home today, think about this. God wants to meet you on a daily basis. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. We recognize your lordship. We know that you are God and nothing falls short from your hands, Father. If there's anyone that's in need of anything right now, Father, you are the provider. You're Jehovah Jireh, the provider, Father. If anyone is sick right now, Father, you are Jehovah Rapha, the one that brings healing. If you, anyone is it's lacking peace right now, your word says that you're Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, Father. And I just pray right now that you will bless every person that's here or anyone that's listening to this podcast, Father. Father, I just speak life today, fresh breath of air, Father. I speak life. Let them be bright, Father. Let them shine your light in, in this dark world, Father. Father, help us to 
walk with you, have true encounters on a daily basis, and let us glorify you for who you are. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we pray in your holy name, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys for coming in today. We'll be back next week.